What's up, Kiki crew? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to welcome you all to another episode of Kiki and with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about it. It's about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends, family, or guests come on the show, and we kiki about whatever the topic of the day is. So today, I have a return guest, Masa. Masa was here before. Um, with her husband and so today we get this her today and we're going to talk about staying being a stay-at-home mom and what that decision looks like so Masa you want to just go ahead and give people a little update hey y'all how are y'all doing thank you so much for having me back it is like I'm excited this is fun I love being here I love your guests I love you so this is gonna be a good time Still doing us and just processing through life here in Canada now. And <laughs> just every day is something new with COVID and life. So it's taking it one day at a time. Yes. Speaking of COVID, y'all, you know, the panorama is still live and well. I recently, currently got the, got the bid. Um, <laughs> I've been at home for the past few days, and that's why I sound so nasally. And I have been vaccinated, so I will say I think that uh, it definitely helped tame the symptoms. They were pretty mild for me, um, and I had been boosted. Not quite for certain how I got this, but I was out last weekend, as y'all can see. And uh, one other person I was out with tested positive as well. Nobody else did. So maybe we got it while we were out. Who knows? Um, You know, it's it's still out here. So let's not forget, you know, I I had been, I almost thought I was immune to it. My body said, girl, we've been fighting. We've been fighting for a long time. We've been fighting, and so it's, it finally, I think my body was probably like, we tired of fighting, so. <laughs> but, um, you know, we here, we gonna get through this episode. I will say I am in a much better place from when I initially um, felt like I was being sick. So, you know, we gonna go ahead and get this show started, but just wanted to put that little, you know, PSA out there. So we start every episode off with the drink with cocoa. So it is Saturday this week. It is Saturday morning. So we probably not drinking, drinking. It's five o'clock. It's five o'clock somewhere. It's five o'clock somewhere. But what is your drink recommendation for this week? Um, A social ice. So what that is, is a peach cider. Okay with Bellini slush. Y'all have to try it. I found out about it when we moved out here and I can't get enough of it now. It's so good. Okay, I'm going to definitely have to um check and see what this is. I'm excited to taste it because I love me a good uh, Bellini. So It's like beer and Bellini put together. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it's a, a hard, like a hard cider, not just like heat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have to, yeah, I like sweeter. I like sweeter stuff. So yeah. it, it gets you a little, 
get you a little something. It's good. <laughs> okay. So I definitely am going to be trying this out. I'm going to post this on the social medias. So y'all be looking out for this recipe. Try it out. And if you do, it sounds like it's a really good brunch drink, honestly. Yes, it's definitely brunch. So, you know, you having brunch with the girls, like if you decide to do like a ladies brunch at your house or whatever, it would be something cute to have. And then also, um, I'm sure if you go to like a brunch spot, you can can probably request it. It It's um, simple enough ingredients that they would possibly have it. I agree. So go ahead, try it out. Hashtag drink with Coco at Kiki and with Coco. And so now that we got the drink going, we're going to go ahead and get into the word from the street. So as we all know, Lala Anthony, the ex-wife of NBA basketball player Carmelo Anthony, and you know, they've been together a really long time. And actually, they've been separated or divorced now for some time now but you know she recently did an interview with Charlemagne the god and you know he asked like you know what does your relationship currently look like with Carmelo you know as you know just what y'all relationship look like now that y'all are not together um and because they do have a son together she's like you know they are co-parenting, they're really good friends, and it's something that they strive hard to because they want to still maintain that family aspect for their son, uh, which I think is awesome. I grew up with my parents separated, and my parents and my eyes had a very good co-parenting relationship. I saw my dad every day. You know, um, even sometimes we lived with him, you know, due to my mom's work schedule and stuff. And so I I can agree that I I feel like my parents did a good job as far as showing us what family still looks like, even though they weren't together and them having that friendship. So, you know, what are your thoughts on like and her perspective? I think that's awesome that they are able to co-parent and co-parent so well without bringing their own feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. into it. And I'm sure that's probably hard because they were together from the time she was like 19 or he was 19 or something. They were together young. So they pretty much grew up together and know which buttons to push if necessary. And so to choose not, because that is a choice, to choose not to do that and push through for the sake of the betterment of your children or your child or just for the sake of the entire family itself i feel like kudos to them like and i'm sure that didn't happen overnight so that's awesome that they are able to be here because they are raising a young man that's gonna see what that's gonna eventually be in a relationship so for him to be able to see okay yes my parents weren't together but i know what a healthy relationship should look like because nobody wants to raise their child with in, in, with the potential of knowing that they are going to bring chaos to someone else. I don't feel like anybody intentionally does that. Right. So that's awesome. 
Yeah, I think it's really good that they can co-parent, especially or even still just have a friendship with each other, considering the trauma that broke them apart. Um, Because having a child outside of your marriage, like I'm not saying that because he's a celebrity or because he's a basketball player, it's acceptable that he has extramarital relations. But I do think like, bringing a kid into this world from those extramarital affairs is definitely um, very hurtful, Um, along with the cheating aspect of it, but to actually have a constant reminder. Yeah, I I don't, like I always tell people like, I'm a product of that. Like I am a product of an extramarital relationship. And I I was kind of raised by my stepmother as a young person and I commend her because now that I'm married and a wife, I I'm gonna be real, like I couldn't do it. Yeah. And like to be able to have to look at that every day and see what the person that I care about did to me in physical form. Yeah. That is you have to have a different level of strength to be able to put up with that to be able to move past that and then be kind to that person and be kind to your spouse and or you know now that they're not together anymore to be kind to one another and see still see the good in that person wow i, I don't i i don't know what i would do but it wouldn't be easy yeah an easy um dynamic to be a part of and it's definitely um you know, something I think people should take into consideration when they're dealing in these types of situations. Because it's all fun and games in the midst of it. It was like, oh, we having a good time, you know, blah, 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 blah. But then when you find yourself in a a situation where you're potentially going to have a child, that is something to think about because it's no guarantee. Like, I don't believe any man is going to leave his house or whoever it is he creeping with on the side. If it does, like, that is crazy. How you got him is how you, you him too, so. Exactly. So that's something to think about. So if this man do leave his family to be with you and your family, like, that's something you always have to be leery of, like, is happening again, you know? And then to think about, if he don't leave his spouse, now this is a woman you have to think of that's gonna be in your child's life. And not to speak against anyone's character, but you don't know how that person is gonna treat. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You can't deny your child a relationship with their dad because of what you put yourself into. Yeah. And now you also have to think about this other person that's now gonna be a part of your child's life that may or may not treat your child like they own. You know, yeah. your child didn't ask to be here. Yeah. So they don't, they're not being brought in this world with the anticipation that somebody is going to mistreat you. Now, mm-hmm. granted, that may not never be a thing, but it's something I think people should always think about. Yeah. And I feel like no matter what the situation is, the children have to come first. Even if it means like, and I know people who have extra kids and their spouses just say, you know what, 
I choose not to deal with that, but I'm not stopping you from having that relationship, but I choose not to bring my children into that. My children will never know them as this person. And I, don't, I personally don't know what I would do in that, but it, you have to allow people to make decisions for themselves. Yeah, like no yeah. matter how you might feel about what they should do, you have to allow a hurt person to hurt in their way. Yeah. And That's heal true. in their way. I think it was big of her. Yeah. Just leave the situation as well because oh, yeah. um, like she said, it's, it was easier to stay, to stay in the comfort zone, to stay in her home, you know, than to, than to leave and start all over again. Now, did she probably have the financial means to just get up and pick up and go? Yes, she probably did. But emotionally, that's a big deal to like, for however old they were when they got together, you know, like this is all you've known for pretty much your adult life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And for now, for that to be over, you know, and still make the decision to be like, we're friends, we're co-parenting, we have a great relationship for our son, we still do family things together. And I think that's important. I agree. I, I definitely think it's important because, you know, they say like a divorce is like similar to a death. So imagine like choosing to, to, to die on one part of your life and then rebirth it in a different way. like. That's that's commendable. And to like she said, it was easier for her to stay and be comfortable in that situation and try to move forward in that situation. And it, from what it looked like from the outside, she did try. She did try to mend that relationship and did try to figure it out, but that didn't allow her to be her whole self anymore. So to be to say, Okay, I choose me, I choose my self worth and my Self to because I know I deserve better or whatever her reasons are for actually taking that step to walk away was like oh that's 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 big because when you know something and you're comfortable with something like the thought of like starting new is is it's a lot exactly I don't care how much money you have I don't care how much. And then, you know, a lot of women, we always put our children first. So it's like, wow, what am I doing to my son? Am I, am I failing him by walking away? Like, you know, all those thoughts go through our mind because nobody, especially a good mom, is not trying to keep her son, especially her son, her black son, away from his father. Like, that's the last thing you want to do. And even if you're living in a different house, that's time that they are not spending together. I don't care how much that person is seeing them every morning, every night when they go to bed, it's still going to be moments missed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say I commend Lala. I think one of the things, and I think a lot of people when they're faced with life-changing decisions, a lot of times people will delve into their work and you can see, like, that probably is what happened. Like, she was going through all of this, and then it was just like, you know what? I need to be working on me and getting me together. And, you know, it ends up translating into something super amazing for yeah. that person. 
And not to say she couldn't have achieved this while she was with Carmella, but I definitely think it lit a fire under her ass to be, you know, I need to be able to take care of me and live my dreams well. And so she's definitely got into her acting bag, doing amazing things with that. Um, And also, like she did mention, she's been in therapy. And so I will definitely like highlight that because going through something traumatic as a divorce and having to go through a public you know, it's definitely something to, to think about. Like, she didn't have the time to just mourn the death of marriage. You know what I'm saying? She probably yeah. really just had to get into her work. And so therapy was a way for her to have that outlet to work it out in a healthy way. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's been standing over there like, is it okay? Is it okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I so I definitely commend her for doing what she what was best for her because honestly, like yeah, it could it could have been easy to say, but what message would you also be sending to your child as well? Like it's okay for you to do these types of things and there be no repercussion. Yeah, you know it's it's also setting that example as well. Not just we still a family, but you can also setting the standard that you can lose everything because of these types of decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very, very true. Well said. Uh, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, speaking of, you know, death, <laughs> the, and, you know, you kind of chuckle about it, but yeah. and I know it's death and yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely sad that yeah. an individual has passed away under unfortunate circumstances. The um, It still has not been said what Kevin Samuels has passed away from, but it has been confirmed that he has passed away. Now, yeah. I will say, I will tell anybody, I don't subscribe to the things that Kevin Samuels say. I know there are, of course, men out there who really agree with the stuff that he says. And of course- Women, women too. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, and there are some women who agree with the things that Kevin Samuels has said. Um, Myself, personally, I'm not one of those women. I feel like some things he says, there are some some truths to it, but his delivery is horrible. You know what I'm saying? so- that's where I'm just like I can't, I can't even hear anything yeah, else. I can't I can't deal with the foolishness that comes along with it. But unfortunately, Kevin Samuels has passed away. Um, he was with a young woman on the the morning of his death, um, and you know it's just really unfortunate. Like regardless of who liked him or didn't like him, he. He was too young to have passed away. Yes, he was very young. 53 or 53. Yeah. So that is way too young to die. I've seen people on social media like celebrating his death. And I'm just like, um. Yeah, I don't know about that one. That's weird as hell and rude as hell. Like, regardless of you agreeing or not agreeing with him, you know, he didn't deserve to die because of 
the things that he believed. <laughs> yeah. And and the things that he believed had nothing to do with his death, so it's just Yeah. yeah. I just find it just interesting that like he died with a woman he had just met. Like the same stuff that he talks about, like, okay, don't be that woman, but those are the exact situations that he was involved in and it's just it's just really interesting in how people can be so um like what's the word I'm looking for? Hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah, people can be very hypocritical. I've seen some posts on social media saying like um the same people who probably be calling into his show are the same people like celebrating his death, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Because he had a he had a large following, so he couldn't be so hated. It's like yeah. somebody was listening. People he wouldn't have listening. Yeah. He and I don't know because I know I've like I talked about him last week on the show. And the girl who I had on here last week, the therapist, Brittany, she was saying, like, she has a, a um, in the sense, I guess, really believed in the stuff that he was saying and was like, you know, well, he just trying to in a black woman have relationships with each other, just saying things that people don't want to hear. And I'm like, it's nothing wrong with that about the dynamics between black men and black women. Uh, the hard part is listening to the things that he's saying and how he's saying it. Like yeah. just because I don't just because I don't agree with how you say something don't mean what you're saying is not valid. No. To me, I would for him like one of the last things I I saw him say was um, women over 35 should be okay with sharing. And I'm like, hell not I'm no. Just no. Because to I I would have preferred you rather say it may be harder for a woman who is 35 to find a 35 or older to find a a, a man who is worth her time and her effort versus she need to be okay with sharing her man. Like yeah. no, that's not and that's where I mean the delivery is off. Yeah. And like I can get what you're saying, you just saying it in a way a lot of people can't. But and now and and even with you saying like a lot of people can't receive it, a lot of people can't dissect it to actually know what you're trying to say. Yeah, you know, like a lot of people will hear it as hearsay, like just fact. Like they're not gonna say, oh, well, underneath that, what he's trying to say is this. And so you have men out here. Oh well, Kim Samuel said. Women should just be okay, so I should have multiple women. No, that no, no. That is not. Yeah, so it's like to actually take take some time before you speak. And it's like one thing me and my husband always say to one another: it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So that that really can change how somebody receives something in what they're actually learning from you. But when he says things a certain way, like to be honest, like people like, yeah, yeah, especially because that's what they they just want to be told what they want to hear. Yeah. And, and yeah. really what that to me what he was giving me just validation. 
is validation for the stupidity. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, unfor- it's unfortunate that Kevin Samuels has passed away from whatever, um, whatever he had, whatever caused his death or whatever. It's unfortunate. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's unfortunate. And I definitely don't wish. I, I just wish, I just wish his legacy that he left behind was a little bit different, you know? Yes, I do. I do wish that, um, his mission was to propel the black and the black love relationship or whatever. I think that's awesome. But how he went about it is what makes it difficult. Um, and we, and is what ultimately made a lot of people not particularly like. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely send prayers out to his family because let's be real, he was a person. You know, he had a mom. He probably had children. You know what I'm saying? He had loved ones that cared about him. And so regardless of how much we didn't like him or didn't like the things that he had to say, you know, he was still a human and someone did love him and care about him. Yeah. So so I, I would definitely say, even for the people that you dislike, look at it that way. You may have not liked him, but somebody did. Yeah, and you know, all you can do is pray that they heal through through this law, because we don't know what type of man he was to them. He could have been the most amazing man ever to his family, mm-hmm. you know? and so I definitely think people should keep that in mind as they move move forward in the things that they want to say about Kevin Samuel. His death. Yes, agreed. So now that we got word on the street out the way, we're going to go ahead and get into the nitty gritty. Yes. So if this week I have a cocoa. I have asked Masa to come on the show this week to discuss being a stay-at-home mom and how she came, her, how her and her husband came to this decision that this is what's going to work best for their family I know it's something that I've considered or thought about in the past I have friends who have also experienced being a stay-at-home mom and so I definitely wanted to get this perspective from someone who is actively living this life so um, you know Masa so far how has your experience been with being a stay-at-home mom I feel like my just my experience with being a stay-at-home mom has been a roller coaster of emotions, a roller coaster of just a roller coaster overall. But I feel like it it's like the best decision that I've ever made when I look at the overall idea of it and the how the outcome has helped my family be able to be successful. But I won't say that it was easy at all. But yeah. I think it's been it's been worth it. I'll say it that way. It's been worth it. So what, what does a day in your life look like? So, you know, people think like, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I wake up at 10 o'clock in the afternoon, or I wake up at noon and I do my nails and my hair and I sit around and watch TV. No. I wake up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like maybe between four and five 
I do my devotionals in the morning. I work out. My son goes to school in the States and we live in Canada. So we are three hours behind. So he has to start school in the States at eight o'clock. Eight, seven, six, five. That's usually 5 a.m. here, but me and his teacher have worked out something to where he starts school at U.S. 10 time, like East Coast 10 o'clock, which is 7 a.m. here. So um, I wake him up at about six. We start school at seven. We do school from seven, eight, maybe to like 11.30. He's in school. We do schoolwork and he has um, guitar or he has other sports and stuff he does. Then my second son wakes up. I get him. Then I get him ready. (laughs) Sorry, that's my son. I get him, my youngest, ready, and he has to do his schoolwork. I'm very adamant about education for my my kids. My youngest is one, but yes, he has school. Full yeah, <laughs> day of school. <laughs> so we start, we do school for him, and then by then it's almost like two, three o'clock, get their lunches ready, um, clean my house, and I'm like simultaneously doing multiple things at one time. like. I am a clean freak, so like to maintain a house with a, with two kids is is like super important. Then I'm doing like my little side gigs, side businesses um, that I have decided to do. Um, I'm into like interior design and and um, fashion. So if I'm dealing with a client, I'm doing that at the same time um, while still making sure that these kids are good. Then um, in the evening, then in the afternoons, we have Sports. Like we literally go somewhere every single day for some type of sporting activity. I'm like a sports mom. So we have that and that's so maybe six thirty, seven o'clock at night, get them dinner, get them in bed, maybe by like eight thirty. And then I have to spend time with my husband and make sure that he's taken care of and good and um we spend time together and then I'm usually in bed maybe ten thirty, eleven to do it all again the next day and make you know since so i stay up kind of late because i have to like send out emails and stuff to people and take care of that stuff and whatever needs to be done prepared for the next day i always end my night prepping for the next day right all right so what what prompted your decision to be a stay-at-home mom was it something that you presented to your husband or did no. he propose this to you? So from the time I met my husband, his thing was always, I will never marry you if I can't physically take care of you by myself without help. So when we got married, it was always on the table that if I didn't want to work, I didn't have to. But that was never really an option for me because I enjoy working. I enjoy having that part of me. And I just never thought about it because in where in my community and how I was raised, I never saw a stay-at-home mom. I never really saw that. So it was always something that I kind of frowned upon. Like, girl, if you don't, if you're able-bodied, you need to get up and go help. So when, um, when I had my son and I went back to work after my six weeks of uh, maternity leave, it was just so heavy for me to leave him. And I and my boss at the time was actually, he was a male 
and an older male, an older black man, and he was amazing. He was he actually became my mentor, but he's the one that actually was telling me while I was pregnant, like, hey, you should really consider being a stay-at-home mom. Like, I saw how it helped my wife, and I really think that you should consider it. And and I saw how the role switched from my because his wife was military. When she went, I saw all the hard work she was doing, and I really appreciated her more. And I feel like all women deserve that opportunity if given that choice. And so, like, when I went back to work, he was like, oh, you really came back? I was like, yeah. But yet, I was at work, and every day, it was like every other day, I would wake up to go to work, and it was so heavy for me to wake up and leave my son or drop him off at the daycare and, like, go to work. So I would go to work on Monday, call in on Tuesday, go to work on Wednesday, Thursday, call in on Friday. And it just became so normal that my boss like was like, girl, what, what, what are you doing? Right. And one day I just decided that, okay, you know what? I'm really going to do this. I'm going to stay at home and be with my son. And that was kind of what, that was kind of like how that started. It was just one day I just couldn't go. I just couldn't. And it was like he was sick or something. And I was like, I never want to have to make the choice between taking care of my son because he's sick or going to work. Like, especially when I don't have to. Like, and I know a lot of people don't have that ability to do that, but I did. And I can say, like, that's one thing I commend my husband for because, like, he presented the idea for me and he created the environment for that to be possible. So, um it was really easy when I actually decided to do it because we were financially okay enough for me to make that decision and from there on it was just like the best thing ever because my son who is five now because of me physically being there physically being able to have a pulse on his learning and his um everything that he did he was reading at one and a half he was he's he's currently five and in first grade and has the ability to the reading ability of like a fifth or sixth grader like because i have my hands on everything that he does when it comes to his education if i feel if i see that he's doing well at something we will like push push him further if i feel like he's like lacking on something i can see that it's harder to do that when someone else is taking care of your child, you know? They're not, nobody's gonna love yours like you love yours, so. And also, I think, so uh, when I was married, it was something I had brought up to uh, him, just being like, you know, whenever we decide to start our family, you know, it's something I would like to consider if it's feasible. And, you know, he was like, nah, you need to be going to work. And what made me want to be a stay-at-home mom is that um, I had a friend, shout out to uh, Drea, love her to pieces, but uh, when she had her first kid, they were, her husband was in the Navy in Virginia, and she was a stay-at-home mom, but not because it was just like, okay, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. It was because she couldn't find work. Like she had a degree, but she couldn't, she couldn't find work. So she was a stay-at-home mom for a for a little bit. And and when I say that girl done legit like 
she eventually did go to work, but she started off like a GS, uh, I want to say she was like a GS3 or GS4. And now she's like a GS11, I want to say. I'm like, come on. Oh, girl. (laughs) She is like legit one of my favorite people. Um, But she's legitimately just been hustling. But uh, seeing her become like being a stay-at-home mom, like teaching her son how to read, like just, you know, like most kids don't speak very well until they're whatever age they are and her child he could speak so well at like two weeks ago he wasn't speaking in like broken sentences he could start reading at three and it was just like that's something I would want to give my child that ability to be able to do as well you know and so you know I talked to him about it and he was just like nah you I was like, I'm not saying I want to be a stay-at-home mom because I don't want to work. Work, yes. Working is all I know. Like, all I know is how to take care of me. You know what I'm saying? So it's a foreign idea because, like you said, it's not even something I saw as a kid. Yeah. I I did have a friend who uh, her mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she like kept a clean house like she was literally one of those people that was always doing something she wasn't just sitting at home all day and I think that was the hardest thing for me is like when I did decide to become a stay-at-home mom is to not to stop seeing what I do as not work like yeah. this is a full-time job in itself and like I would eventually once I realized that what I was doing was worthy because that's what you have to think. You have to put it in yourself. Like, yes, I'm a stay-at-home mom. What I do matters. Even though I don't physically receive a check for doing it, yeah. I am doing work every day. So once I saw that, it was it was easier for me to not be so quick to get upset with my husband or feel like, oh, you don't think I'm enough. So let me go out and find a job. Which to be honest, I do that like once a year. I'll be bored and I'll or like get tired of only talking to my kids and I'll be like, I'm gonna go look for a job and I'm gonna <laughs> log on to Indeed and or USA jobs and find me. I'm gonna use these degrees that I got. And like once I stopped thinking like that, it was so much easier for me to just be happy in what I'm what I am doing. Like see my worth in all of this. Like I did this. Yeah. And so when you walk into my space, you're walking into my job. So respect it as that. And I, that's a conversation even me and my husband have had to have. Like, when you come home and you see this house clean, I don't come into your job and mess up your desk. I don't come into your job and start typing random stuff on your computer that's going to eventually mess up whatever mod, whatever engineering thing that you got going on. So do not walk into my job, which is my home and just throw your clothes here because you know that's going to be picked up. No. So respect my work space. <laughs> so, yes, once we got through that, it's so much easier to feel appreciated because if you appreciate what you're doing, it's easier for other people to appreciate you and see you as that. But when you don't, when you don't appreciate what you're doing, 
it's hard for people to see your worth in that. You know? Yeah. And so, uh, it's the, you know, you need to be going to work. If I'm leaving the house at this time, you need to be leaving the house at that same time. And da 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 da. You know, and I was like, but what if I decide to, you know, do an at home business or something like that? And he's like, no, you need to be. Do you feel like it was more, do you feel like it was the at home thing or it was more a trusting? Because to me, uh, like to literally, maybe he didn't trust himself that he could provide for you guys. But it was, it was never discussed, (laughs) discussed as to. It was never discussed as to what he felt except for, you know, my mom was a single mom and she worked three jobs. She had three kids. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, my mama was a single mama too. Worked multiple jobs. But I'm sure if either of them had the choice not to do it, they would take the not to do it to be at home with their kids. And teach but I mean, also, you, your mom was a single mom. His mom was a single mom. But you guys have broken the mold by choosing to be married. So why are we still looking at that side of our past as the the block, like the building blocks of how we be how we're married? Like you can't look at a single parent and say, "This is how I'm gonna choose to be in my marriage." That person was hustling and. She, and trying to make ends meet because they knew that it was just them. They were the only ones. That is not your situation. So exactly. I feel like that's, that's crazy. Like, I feel like a lot of people do that. They bring their childhood situation that have nothing to do with where they're currently at. Yes. Yeah. And so that's, it was, I mean, there were probably a number of things that we disagreed upon as far as you know, when we would start our family, how we would raise our family, you know, that type of thing. And so um, I do think that plays a part as well into, you know, us deciding to go our separate ways or what have you. I feel like that's uh, one of the things I can say, even though we were a very young couple when we got married, that's one of the things I feel like God kind of blessed us with is the ability to communicate for the future. We always spoke how we wanted things done. And like, if we would agree on it to even determine where, how we would want to be married or if we even wanted that. Me and my husband kind of came into our relationship understanding that this might not work and that's okay. Like, so we were never on the path of like, we have to figure out how to make this work. No, until we're married, we don't have to work. And that was always okay with both of us. Yeah. So with those thoughts in mind, and I know some people might not agree, and that's very unconventional to how people go into relationships. Like, until we work, until we good, we ain't really good. Like, you know, I'm good enough by myself, you're good enough by yourself, and maybe this won't work. Way, let's let's try to see where we mesh in the middle and a lot of our, our things aligned like our major things aligned there were a lot of things that did not align but there were that those are the things we were like okay am i am i by myself willing to compromise this these thoughts for this person yeah. and for me it the good always outweighs the bad mm-hmm. so 
And you know, I know you were saying like, you know, a lot of people wouldn't say that's how you get into a relationship or what have you, but different things work for different people. Yeah. As long as that makes sense to you all, that's all that matters, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's the, the main thing, like, do I get on here and do I make my, put my opinions out there about, you know, these celebrities and how they operating in their relationships? It's all for entertainment value. You know what I'm saying? But when it's all said and done, I believe that every couple is different. What works for one may not work for the yeah. next couple. Um, it's not a one size fits all, you know, thing. And so that's what I think a lot of people need to understand when it comes to how other people operate in their relationship. I may value something in my relationship that you don't necessarily, it's not an important factor in your relationship. You know what I'm saying? So it may not make sense to you as to why I'm harping on or, you know, why I feel okay to stand in a situation. Yeah, but that's why people should be more cognizant of who they choose. Because you want to find someone that balances you. You. Not what your parents think that relationship should be like. Not what your friends see. Because like, I'm sure there's people that look at my husband and they're like, how do you deal with her on a daily basis? <laughs> loud I am. A, like, I can be very obnoxious. I'm very emotional. He's very much not at all. Like very tame and calm. And so, like, but it works for us. Like, I could never be with somebody that's as emotional as me or, like, yeah. what are you doing? Or, and I can never be with someone that's, like, a pushover, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, because I will literally run that, like, and run you into the ground if you let me out <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to be with anybody that I feel I can run into the ground either because, I like I haven't had too many situations where I feel like I've been able to just run over somebody. But in the instances where I've had those situations, I just kind of been like, nah, this ain't for me. This is boring. <laughs> or I need somebody that's gonna tell me that sometimes. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not a lot of times. Don't tell me that was that. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Not all the time. Yes. <laughs> but and and like yeah, it's just it's just interesting when you pick your part. You're literally, and I feel like that's one thing people do is they pick their partner for now, for now sake. And if that's the place you are in your life, more power to you. Do you have a good time doing it? But when you're thinking about long term, you really have to sit down and really know who you are as a person to really be able to choose what's next for you. Because this is somebody you're going to have to look at every single day, make decisions together, make decisions for and with. And if everything you guys do don't align, it's just like, what are we doing, you know? But I think making the decision to be a stay-at-home mom, I don't think you came across that decision lightly. No. And I think knowing your partner and knowing that this is something that you've both Express at some point in your relationship, I think was important and would also encourage you to be okay. Yeah, and I'll say this as far as like one of the biggest things I've always thought about when being a stay at home mom is 
losing your financial stability of your, on your own, like being financially stable on your own. But when I went to my into our marriage, I didn't think like what's mine is mine, what's theirs is theirs type thing. So at the beginning of it, I'm like, oh man, what if he decides tomorrow he want to leave me or this? Then now I ain't got no money, I ain't got this. Yeah, like we were always my husband and I are very different when it comes to most couples in that even when we were boyfriend and girlfriend we had joint accounts like I don't suggest that (laughs) (laughs) I do not suggest that for most people unless you know really really know who you're dealing with yeah we agreed on finances. Finances was never something that we argued about or weren't on the same page about. So when we went into this, it was always the thing that like, okay, you're the stay-at-home mom, but but I'm going to, and I go to work, I bring home income, but I will release that to you to make you feel even more comfortable in this. So all of our bills are handled by me. All of our money is handled by me. Like, I do that. So where we are, I ain't going to pat myself on the back or nothing. But pat, 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 pat. (laughs) It's like, so we, and that made me feel more comfortable in my decision because I knew that I was able to have an input on how our money is spent and what happens with our finances and it wasn't like I was being given an allowance by my husband or like oh here's a couple dollars thrown your way like it's never been like that mm-hmm. so that makes it a lot easier too to be able to make and stick with this decision yeah. but I have always made it very clear that at any point if we weren't doing well I will go back to work I have a master's degree I have uh, bachelors, I have many certificates that I have kept up with to make sure that if the time ever arose that I had to, I'm ready to go. Like I don't, I I will never not put, make myself ready. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a a good um. I think that's a a good concept to to bring up is that. You know, if you do find that it's that it's not working out, like you have no problem with going back to work. Yeah. Um, which was also something I told my ex was like, you know, I'm not saying I want to be a stay at home mom forever. Mm-hmm. I just want to do it up until a point where I feel I've I've taught my kids basic basic things help excel, you know, in their education. It just went them going to kindergarten. You know what I'm saying? That that didn't even mean like this was gonna be until they graduated high school. Like, no, like I've never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but you know, for the betterment of my children is something I Yeah. Pandemic might have changed. <clears throat> might have changed some perspective. Seeing how some of these parents was with their kids at home, I'm like, I don't know if I can handle it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot. I feel like the pandemic really opened people's eyes to how much a stay-at-home mom does 
or yeah. stay-at-home parent, because they are stay-at-home dads too. Parent does, and how much of an impact you can have on your child, and what what these teachers are actually teaching your children, and for the lack thereof, you know, and to be able to have your fingers on the pulse of your kids' education is like, to me. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to be your child's first teacher, but I know every parent isn't able or doesn't have the mental capability to deal with their own kids on a long-term, all-day basis. So I ain't gonna, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's an easy feat at all, but for me, it was always worth it. Like, like it's, even if I, I feel like, even if my worth is only amounted in the success of my children, I feel like I've made it. Yeah, you know. And so one of the like when you think about just the developmental stages of a child, like when you're sending your kids like daycare or whatever, like they're only teaching children what they think children should be learning at a certain point. So potty training. If they're in a class where not everybody is at potty trainable age, your child can't get potty trained. You know what I'm saying? Like learning how to read like that's not something they teach at daycares so like is it really beneficial like i understand like everybody don't have the means but when you think about it it's like what are your kids really learning anything when they go into daycare like i mean i feel like beyond I was about to say, now, I do believe they are learning social skills and things of that nature when they're going to daycare. But as far as learning, like, an educational piece of it, like, as far as advancing them, I don't think that's what daycare is for. I feel like the education system teaches your children to be middle-income individuals. But is that what you desire for your child? That's kind of up to you. And I'm not saying that that's where every child ends up, but it's either someone either pours into them or they figure out how to pour into themselves to become better than the mediocre. Because you're just, in school, you're taught to follow the rules, follow directions, follow this, do this when you're told and like teach you to be law-abiding citizens of the world. But I want my children to be more than that. I want them to be self-starters, self-thinkers, and advanced in every aspect of wherever they choose to be advanced in. But and like, so you have to then figure out where that stays because a teacher with twenty-six students cannot do that for your one child. Right. They might find one kid that they kind of like gravitate towards, but how do you guarantee that that's your kid? You cannot. So. With that being said, you have to put in your own work. Like you give, you brought these kids into this world, so you have to choose to put work into them and pour into them as need be. Like one of the things we always say in our house, there is no such thing as age-appropriate learning. Like my one-year-old knew where his penis was because it was important for him to know those things. If somebody tried to do something to him, he knew how to. Be able to be able to say that word and understand what it meant and like and if you explain it to a child enough he will they will get it yeah I'm not saying every child is like that if a child is like you know mentally challenged or there's actually 
things that keep them from mentally growing, you cannot put them on the same standard as an average child. I understand that. But in my opinion, the everyday kid can learn anything you want them to learn. Kids want to learn. They want to thrive in because their brains just soak so much in. Yeah. But it's up to you what you choose to let them soak in. Yeah. Being a stay-at-home mom, I was able to see what works for them. Even though at one point my son was in daycare because I did see the importance of the social aspect of it. But when he came home, we also did other stuff. We also like read books and we watched videos about, you know, animals or whatever he was into that day. We was going soak it all as much of it in as we could. But that's because I had the time to. You know, and I'm not, and a lot of people, when you're working and you're a full-time employee, when you come home, the last thing you want to do is to be trying to teach a kid how to hold a pencil. Like, oh my goodness, nobody understands how hard it is, but teachers, to teach a kid how to hold a pencil and to hold some scissors. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like little things like that can be so annoying. But when, you, but when you're like calm and you've had the space and that's all you have to do that day is to pour into this person, I mean, why not? That's one of the things I always say. If I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom, I'm going to be the best darn stay-at-home mom I can be. Like, ain't nobody about to walk in here and be like, girl, what you been doing all day? Right. Yeah. So. so what's some advice you would give people looking to explore this idea? Talk to your spouse before they become your spouse about the thought of it all. Even if you, even if it's a 1% chance that it's something that you would want to do. Mm-hmm. Make sure your finances are right. That you can live off one income, even if it means adjusting. For me, it was worth it. Like, even if it meant me not spending as much because, you know, the money just wasn't there at the time or whatever. The, whatever that means to you financially what does that look like and what is how how does that put a burden on that person that is the one bringing in the income i'm like i also say like make sure that you are on the same page about what being a stay-at-home mom looks like for you and what that other what your expectations of that other person is like do you still expect them to have chores around the house like or are you taking over everything? Because for me, at the beginning, when it was just the three of us, it was easy for me to say, oh, I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to sweep. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to get the kids ready. You don't have to do anything but go to work. That was easy. But once I got a second kid, and then I now I'm trying to do my own little businesses on the side, now it's like, okay, no, we have to readjust this because now I'm starting to become resentful of this situation that I asked for, you know, and so now you have to adjust and you have to be with somebody that's willing to adjust. And if somebody's been comfortable in something for so long, like, are they willing to adjust and meet you where you're currently at? So we we kind of discuss like what this process looks like on a yearly basis. Okay, so what's your expectations of me this year? And what do you want, you know? Just kind of what that looks like for you guys as a person, but also never lose yourself in being a stay-at-home mom, like ever. 
because there's been times where like I'll stop doing my hair, I'll like wake up, take like go to sh- go to sleep, take a shower at nighttime, wake up, be in the same clothes that I went to sleep in all day. Like no, you cannot <laughs> do that. <laughs> you have to like treat it like it's a day, like just like how somebody does when they go to work. Like get up, refresh yourself. If that means taking a shower, whatever that looks like for you. So take a shower, do your hair, do your makeup, work out. Like make time for you in that in that space that you're not feeling like today is the same as yesterday. Like, oh my gosh, is, did did the clock even did 24 hours even come or is it now 26, 27, 28, 29? Like we just it's just like a big old circle, you know? Like have something that's yours and have time that is just yours. Be able to create a space where you can walk away from. And everything will still be okay. Like go on trips with your friends, that friends away from your family. Like they do not exist. Don't call them. Don't daddy. Daddy will take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> like just creating an environment that's healthy. Yeah. No matter what that looks like for you, if you want to be a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad, have a healthy space. Because if you don't. It it will never it won't work long term. It creates resentment. It creates hatred between you and the person that you're with. That they get to go out and make friends and do this, and you're just stuck at home. Yeah. If you don't create that environment, that's how you're gonna see it. Hmm. Yeah. And I like I'm so happy we were able to have this conversation because I and it's crazy. Somebody like just posted on their um like in their stories that they considering being a stay-at-home mom and I was like you know what I'm gonna do an episode this week you know Mm -hmm. check it out you know just so you can get some perspective you know whatever because I know there are a lot of people who probably struggle with the idea of you know having to work and knowing that they kid is sick and you know like you said just being in that place where you have decide being at home with your sick child or going to work like I know that's a hard decision to make like not to be able to be there for your child and so like even with me being sick now like I'm growing is all outdoors and my mom is like I'm gonna fly down there and I'm like I'm like nah you don't have to you know she's like is someone gonna come stay with you I was like girl ain't nobody trying to catch you like what I was like even though it's just it's just like the flu these days. Nobody is going to willingly be like, yeah, okay, I'm about to catch COVID with you. You know, yeah. because it legit affects everybody different. Yeah. You know, and so even though it may not have been as a severe case for me, I don't know how that would be for somebody else. Yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't want anybody to come stay with me knowing like I'm contagious and not knowing how it will affect yeah. So you know, I'm like, no, don't, don't come down. Here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I can groceries. So I'm not. You know, thank God that we have types of things now. And if we did it, somebody would be dropping some groceries off. The <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like in my medication. Like one of my coworkers was just nice enough to be like, I'll go pick up your prescription for you, you know. Oh, I'll be about a problem. You need me to pick up your prescription. That's so sweet. 
so much. I appreciate it. Because even when I went to urgent care, they were like, yeah, you can go pick up your prescription. I'm like, girl, I'm contagious. Why would I go to Walmart of all places? Of all places. You know, and potentially contaminate somebody else. So I'm like, yeah. I was really sitting here like, I'm about to get this prescription. I was like, maybe I just need to put some gloves on, mask up, and be like, oh. I'm out here. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, thankfully one of my coworkers was like, I can go pick it up for you. Um, I know it's hard, you know, having to make that decision on like, you know, not being able to be there for your, your sick child or, you know, feeling like I can't take off from work or like just feeling that conflicted. Yeah. You know, feeling conflicted about it. And, and it's, it's like no matter how much a job understands, it's only so much that yeah. they can do because that, that they, there's a reason why they have that spot filled with you. Yeah. Because so. I know like even me being in a like a management position is like, yeah, I understand your kid is sick, but Lord Jesus, how am I going to get this job done? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and or even like the military and being deployed and stuff, like being having to leave your kid for six, seven months at a time. Like I have a friend, um, my friend um, Thomas, when we were in the military, with, you remember her? She literally, yeah, I still talk to her. Is she okay? Amazing. Yeah, I'm like, is she alive? Yes, she is. She's alive and well and doing amazing. But she actually had to leave her baby at like a couple months, like a couple weeks old to deploy. And you know, things like that, like coming back home to see your kid walking and things like that. That's crazy to me. Like, yeah. But when you talk about it, I don't know, I said, hey. I will. Yeah. I will. She, she just doesn't do social media, so she, you will. She's not on social media. No. She is not a millennial. She's not a proper millennial at all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm glad you still talk to her because we was all yeah. like, we, we was like, nobody heard from her in years. I know. That you guys still hang out together, like and find time to that, make that space for each other is it's beautiful. I was like, oh, right, right, so you've been, you been out with us. I know, I know, girl. You know me. Mm, I'll be gone <laughs> here one day, gone the next. <laughs> but um, so wherever the money reside, where the money reside, where the money reside. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so I would definitely say whoever is considering being a stay-at-home mom, I would definitely say it is something to think about. I also think it's one of those things like I don't think our generation, I don't think our generation grew up where we saw a stay-at-home mom like everybody's parents were. Everybody was staying at somebody at the grandma's house. Somebody was at home by themselves. Like, you know, every, everybody experienced, I feel like in our generation, what it was like to, to have working parents, like both working parents. Yeah. Just a single parent where it was like all they could do was work. You know, so I do think like the goal is to always give your child better than what you had. Yeah. Have the ability to do it. Now, mind you, I don't have children, 
but I, it's, it's something I think about all the time. You know, like, people may ask me, like, when are you going to have kids? And I'm like, when I feel the time is right. You know what I'm saying? And will I ever be ready to be a parent? I don't know, because I do. I don't feel like anybody ever is. I think you yeah. just, you, you know, you prepare yourself the best you can, but stuff happens, and then you just kind of go with the flow. Every day is new. You learn, you, you move forward, and you just be the best. Like, my goal is always that when my kid goes up, they can say, Mommy and Daddy did their best. Mm-hmm. They weren't perfect. Yeah. But they gave me everything I needed. And I am who I am because of the sacrifices they made or whatever they that may be for them. Yeah. And so I, w- I would just say if it's feasible, you know, that you can be a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home parent, um, for for those who, because I I do know there are some women who work and the husband doesn't, you know. So if you find yourselves in a situation where you're trying to figure out, like, can we do it? Like, I would definitely, like Masa said, try and determine like what that looks like. Um, does that mean we have to scale back something? Um, like, definitely. Think about that type of thing when you're trying to make this decision. Yes, yeah. Is your time to be supportive? Like, I I wouldn't say this is a decision that you jump into like because no, because when when it's one person working, that can change people. Mm-hmm. That can make them feel either it releases them and makes you guys brings you guys closer, or it makes us feel like this person feel like they have power over you. So you have to determine the type of person that you you're with and how what kind of person they will become when they are the sole breadwinner and what kind of person will you become will you become more introverted and feel like you can't say what you feel because you're not the one bringing in income and you have no say to how things happen around your home or are you going to feel like is this person going to allow you to feel free to be able to continue to be yourself like all those little things matter like how your money psyche Mm-hmm. Is like really important in how you de- if you de- if and when you decide to become a one income household. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So lots of things to think about, Kiki crew. But I def- and if you are a man and your woman is bringing up these type of conversations, be open to it. You know, don't just shut it down because. I don't, and I'm sure men feel some type of way about going to work and leaving their kids at home and, you know, all, all of that too. I'm sure men feel the same, but it's something different. I think that maternal part of a woman is like, you know, it still feels like I should be at home with my child, you know? And so if, you, if your woman is bringing this conversation to you, don't just shut it down, you know, yeah. discuss it try and determine what that looks like for you guys because I mean as as I've said plenty of times before all I know how to do is so uh, that woman is also deciding to give up a part of herself yeah for the betterment of you all's family so definitely think about that you know and what it is that she's giving because most women who have desire are not saying, I want to be a stay at home, so I'm not doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's 
so I can focus on my family, my children, you know, giving them something that I didn't have. Um, those would be the reasons I would say I would want to be a stay-at-home mom. But I hope we gave y'all something to think about this week, you know, open up some dialogues and hopefully don't cause no friction, but you know, um, definitely feel like it's a conversation that needs to be had if any any person in a relationship is feeling like, you know, they want to be able to provide something more to their children's educational welfare and just the overall home experience. I think it's something to be. Yeah, and you don't have to have kids to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, like you can <laughs> literally, <laughs> you can be a stay-at-home wife. You can be whatever that looks like for you there's it doesn't have to be children involved for you to make that decision if if you being at home benefits the well-being of the whole family even if it's just two of you it's worth discussing and that that mean like maybe you quit your job so that you can focus on starting your own business you know and like that's a sacrifice that sometimes has to be had like Sometimes you have to quit that full-time job in order to get that dream off the ground. Like you have to be able to give a hundred percent to it. And sometimes that business may not be bringing in sustainable money in the, from the beginning, but if you have the time to, to put towards that dream, to put towards that business or it's to flourish and having a, 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 a partner who understands that and wants you to succeed and, and, you know, push you to, to hone in on that drive. Yes. So, no, you don't have to necessarily have children to be a stay-at-home mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just two people that see the vision. Yeah. So, don't ever be afraid to let your person live out their dream. Like, I used to tell my ex-husband all the time when we would have that conversation. If you wanted to quit your job and I was able to support us financially so that you could get your dream off the ground, like I would do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, And not on no pick me type stuff, but just as being a partner to my partner. Exactly. This is the person I'm choosing to do life with. So sometimes we have to make sacrifices for the betterment of our family. You know, maybe you do have a really good idea that's going to be worth billions, millions of dollars at some point. I want you to be able to to do that if, if yeah. you know if it's feasible. So it's it's not always just the men that have to feel like they have to support their woman. It's not always the woman that feel like she gotta give up her dreams. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a team effort. Yeah. It's a partnership at the end of the day. And that's what this conversation was really about. Not just being a stay-at-home mom, but understanding, like, your relationship. Yes. But you got any final words? No, that, I think we hit every nail <laughs> on the head today. But just enjoy your relationship, but know who you're with. Mm-hmm. Know who you're with from the very beginning and don't expect people to change if they've made themselves very clear about what they what they believe, communication, that's all this is about. Yes. Is communication. Effective communication. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so that is going to wrap it up for this week's Hot Cup of Cocoa. 
I hope that this gave you all some perspectives. If you feel like you need to have this conversation with your spouse, please do so. And like I said before, I hope it don't cause no But, um, you know, the end of the day, I always, besides just laughter and what have you, I do want us to learn things from the things we talk about on the show. And so, I'm going to wrap it up for this week. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, my yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at, at Monsters Juliet. Um, I'm always talking about stay-at-home mom stuff on there, making little silly videos and stuff. So hit me up on there at any point if you have any questions or even want to know have a different perspective. If you want to hear the male perspective, I can always link you to my husband so you can talk to him and his perspective on it. We're here. We're here to help. And what about the interior design, girl? Huh? The interior design. Oh, and yes, my interior design page is the core design prosper on Instagram. And if you're ever looking for work, I'm here. Or if you ever need help, kind of just boost up a space or something, hit me up. Yes, definitely do that. And so y'all can follow me on social media at Kikiing with Coco on all social media platforms. That's including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, you know, all the social medias. I'm there. Uh, Kikiing with Coco. Y'all can always hit up my website to see what I got going on or just to catch up on all the episodes. Kikiing with Coco Podcast.com. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. And until next time, bye. Bye.